Welcome to On the Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On the Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On the Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On the Spot, available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming service. Today, I'm sitting down with the board chair of Vote Run Lead and Fox News political contributor, Jamu Green. Without further ado, let's start the show. Hi, welcome everyone to On the Spot with Melinda Garvey. I'm so excited about our guest today. Um, we have Jamu Green, who um, is an amazing powerhouse. She's had an incredible career, and she is currently the board chair for Vote Run Lead, which we're going to talk about more and a little bit about what they do and all the cool things that they are doing for women in politics. But she's also um, a political analyst for Fox News. So Jamu, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with our listeners. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Getting right into it, I think that what amazed me most about your story is that you were so dialed in from a very young age about what you wanted to do. You knew the path you were going to be on, and boy, you have stuck to that path. I mean, you've done a lot of really interesting things in your career. It's like you were on a mission from this early age, and in fact, you dropped out of college with 10 bucks in your pocket and moved to D.C. to really dive deep and pursue this dream. So I'd love for you just to talk about that and how how you knew way back. Well, I certainly think that Politics or um, activism has always been in my DNA, probably starting from the fact that my dad moved us as a family from D.C. to Austin, Texas, for him to pursue his Ph.D. in political science at UT. And in many ways, you know, from an elementary school student protesting at Barton Springs to protect the salamander against development, or you know, my fight for diversity that I would have in student council at Austin High. Austin was a part of creating that interest in politics and put, infusing it in, in my DNA. And you know, certainly as a political activist, my spark was absolutely lit on fire when I was 18 and went to go and vote for the first time. I had registered to vote way in advance, and I was voting for Ann Richards in 1990. It was going to be my first vote cast and told that my name wasn't on the list. And I wasn't going to be able to vote for this amazing woman who was going to be governor of Texas. And in that moment, in that polling place, I decided I needed to do everything that I could to make sure that other young people didn't have to face that same situation and to make sure that vulnerable and marginalized communities, make sure that their voice was heard. It certainly... I've tried to be what I call an evangelist for vulnerable and marginalized communities. Um, I now think it's more of being evangelist for good, um, just in general, but to amplify those voices. And, and Austin had a lot to do with it. Well, that's amazing. And I know that we are all better off for having that you were involved in, in Rock the Vote, right? I mean, I, gosh, I remember that Get Out the Vote campaign. So that's such important work. Rock the Vote was so much fun. It was just the perfect intersection of politics and entertainment. Uh, but really, I think for me, the best part of that experience was seeing young people for the first time in a long time increase their participation in a presidential election a very significant way. And, and that led to President Obama then deciding he was going to run for office and invest in young people. And, and now we see what the millennial generation is doing. I'm so inspired. I can no longer say that I'm 
a youth voter, but um, <laughs> it is the youth voters, the, the young voters that I think are really going to change the world for us. You're a youth at heart voter. There you go. <laughs> well, Austin's um, a pretty political place. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that also helped, helped yeah. grow kind of my um, political interest or activism as a grassroots organizer directly from this city. Very cool. Um, so you moved to D.C., you know, the, the big city of politics, right? And what kind of challenges did you face along the way? And I guess particularly, did you face challenges as a woman, like additional challenges, and then as a woman of color, you know, just in, in your pursuit of your dreams? Certainly. I think everyone is very familiar with the types of challenges you face when you're the only woman in a room, the youngest person in a room. But before I even got to DC and was facing those challenges, I think what is a really beautiful thing is the reason I moved to DC, a lot of that was because of Hillary Clinton. And I saw her in Houston give a speech that was just so inspiring as far as like her uh, connection with the audience and the issues she was covering. And I wanted to be in DC because of Hillary Clinton. And so kind of bolstered by that scene, uh, an incredibly strong woman leader, when you enter into the political world of DC, it, it did help me deal with those challenges that you mentioned. and. You know, certainly I think I have always had an ability to speak up in a room uh, when I disagree with uh, someone. And I think that helped me really, really well as the youngest person, as the only woman many times, and certainly as the only woman of color or person of color in that room, uh, making sure that my voice was heard uh, and not just listening, but actually uh, contributing to the conversation was a big part of pushing through those challenges because unless you do it, a lot of times you're not going to be asked. Uh, so you have to like <laughs> make sure that your voice is heard. Well, and I, I just want to kind of key in on, you know, what you were really saying. And, and in my words, I say you actually had a role model, right? Hillary Clinton, you saw somebody and you said, hey, wait a minute that's something I believe in and I can follow. And I think this is critically important because so much of what's going on um, in the world right now and with the women's movement is kind of living in the negative. And understandably so, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. But I've always said that even if I could wave my magic wand and immediately eradicate the, the sexual harassment and assault and inequality of pay, and I could get capital for all those female entrepreneurs, I still believe there would be this gap because what's happening is if you got to see it to be it, right? We need to be seeing those role models and putting those out in front of us. So that's amazing that you could identify, you know, a role model and have that focus and watch what somebody did and how they connected and do that because that, that's the true mark of how I think that we, we're all going to move forward as women. And, you know, it, it didn't even start with Hillary Clinton. It started in a lot of ways with Carol Rylander, who was mayor of Austin when we first moved here when I was five years old. And I think she was mayor for three terms in a row, which had never been done before. Um, and then we also had Barbara Jordan as a U.S. congresswoman and her incredible voice, certainly, again, Ann Richards. 
So just growing up here, it always for me was not something that was, you know, remarkable or, or unique that a woman would have a, a leadership position in politics. It was just the reality. And I've always thought a woman's place is in politics like that. That's just the way I grew up. And, and it was certainly because I saw those role models in those incredible women. Yes. So I think it's really appropriate that we're actually recording this and talking to each other on the International Day of the Girl which is cool. (laughs) Um, But I I actually was looking back at an article or story that you um, did back on the uh, International Women's Day and sort of talking about, you know, where you felt things were and just about the progress that women were making in light of Me Too and and Time's Up. So can you talk a little bit about that and and what you see? Yeah, I I think certainly, as you said, there's a lot of negativity right now that is driving the narrative, driving the conversation, driving certainly most of the online conversations. But underneath that, and probably more important, is this enthusiasm from women to not just get involved, but to get involved in a, from a leadership perspective, to run for office, to really like take hold to take control in in ways that is so inspiring and how it's so collaborative. I think when you look at the millennial generation and, and how they look at leadership, it's not as hierarchical. So that collaborative spirit, the enthusiasm, the raising of the hand and the grabbing of the mic and, and the record numbers of women who are running for office, that is what is it's certainly feeding my soul. It, it, I think it's important for all of us to find ways to feed our souls. And that's what I try to hold on to as we celebrate International Day of the Girl and as we face some very difficult challenges on the issues that we all care about. I think a lot of people talk about women's issues, but I think, you know, every issue is a woman's issue. Um, every issue is a family issue. And certainly women play a key role in the family. And if we can try to shift the focus on how proactive we can be exactly what we're seeing with women deciding to run for city council and school board, and maybe, you know, having it even come from a place of look, this person in the White House had no experience and he's the most powerful person on the planet. I have enough experience to run for school board, to be a city council person. That I think is uh, the shift in perspective or uh, investment in our mental and physical resources that is powerful, most powerful. Yes, absolutely. And let's talk a little bit more about um, the political arena because you talk kind of about the pink wave that 2018, there's this pink wave and of women running for office at what, like more than double, I guess, than in 2016. The numbers of barrier breaking women running for yeah. office. Yes. I mean, it, it is amazing. And can you talk a little bit about Vote Run Lead specifically and what that organization does to help prepare women and encourage women to run? Simply Vote Run Lead trains women to run for office and win. And it's through a number of different ways that I think are so important as you look at like how women will enter um, thinking about running for office. We've got 
60 online resources where you can, you know, take a free webinar at any time of the day that works for you to figure out how do I build my political capital? What are the 10 questions I need to answer to help me decide to run for office? You know, a 90-day challenge, 30 steps in 90 days that you can take to really figure out which office to run for. So there are online resources. We do in-person trainings, day-long trainings, multi-day-long trainings where women can really come and learn how to tell their story in the most powerful way. And everything about Vote Run Lead is about building that community for women who decide to run for office, who decide to you know, take on this incredible opportunity to shape their communities, to make sure that they have a community of support. So if you have a question about should I dye my hair? You have a place to go and you've got women who've run for office, women who are running for office who will say, look, I have the same question. I have the same challenge. I had the same attack on me because I was a mother or because, you know, I looked differently than I should, you know, look according to what people think politicians should look like. And you have that support base there. So online, in person, and then this community of support is really how Vote Run Lead is making sure that we're not just tapping into that enthusiasm, those record numbers of women who are running for office, but that we're also immediately there to help increase the number of women who will make that decision to run. Maybe maybe it won't be today. Uh, It might be two years from now. It might be five years from now. But even just starting that process of thinking about it is so important to help us get to parity. We've got a a long ways to go. We're at about 20%. So um, we've got some work to do. Well, um, it it is interesting, too, because I think about this. I actually saw an interview this morning with Michelle Obama, and she was asked if she would ever run for office. And, you know, I saw her take a pause, and I think what she really wanted to say is, hell no. But of course, (laughs) but she very eloquently said, you know, that as a woman, she knows how her voice is just best heard and best understood and the impact that she can make. And say that I thought to myself, in this kind of political climate, where everything is just so just bipartisan and frankly ugly. What advice and encouragement do you give to women about, and again, to quote Mrs. Obama, how to go high, right? When they go low, how, that's a big leap to get into this kind of negative, especially now more than ever, I think. Well, I certainly agree that now more than ever, the country is divided. And what is so great about this increased number of women who are running for office is that women do government better. So yes, we have issues in politics around partisanship, but when women are elected officials, they cross the aisle more. They work with their colleagues across the aisle and and reach out to get them to co-sponsor bills on the issues that are so important to our families and our communities. And they take the kind of, I think, ego out of politics in ways that even studies show that women enter politics to find solutions and men enter politics in higher numbers, much higher numbers, to seek power. And so while yes, we do have this challenge right now in our political system, I really believe that the only way that it gets fixed is by more women being a part of the conversation being the decision makers, 
we understand compromise in ways that is so necessary to the challenges our, our system is facing. And, and so we're the solution to all of this mess that is like clouding, I think, our minds these days. And that is the only way we're going to get there. <laughs> And I think that also, you know, as women and the, the women that I've seen running um, MJ Hager for. Um, oh, she's so awesome. Yeah, she, she came and like, spoke to our Vote Run Lead training uh, that we did with WeWork earlier in the summer. We did a series of trainings around the country at WeWork locations, and one of them was in Austin. Yes. And she was our keynote speaker. She was so inspirational. The way she tells her story is exactly how we train women to tell their story, the challenges that they have faced, how they've overcome them, the solutions that they have been able to find for their communities. And it was just so great to have her be a part of the Boat Runley family. Well, and she, I think that what I have really seen in her is that she talks so much about this make compromise and coming together and reaching across the aisle and her reasons for doing what she's doing is community and family and the things that are important. You know, she's seeing this and saying, I can make this better for my kids. And I actually, um, interestingly, went to a fundraiser with several Republican women, some of them pretty staunch, who were very curious and very impressed by her just because of, you know, the again, these same women, again, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, it, it doesn't matter, but I think women in general want this coming together. So those words were really powerful. That message was really, really powerful. And I think that you hit on something that even amongst this negative climate and gosh, who wants to subject themselves, you know, in the political arena these days? I mean, it's a scary prospect, but I think the overriding message of, I want to bring the community together. I want to do this for my family and for the future is really what propels women. And that's amazing. Yes. And it's great that I think, as you were saying, these Republican women are listening to this message coming from someone across the aisle. Vote Run Lead is nonpartisan. We train women who are going to run for office as Republicans. We train women who are going to run for office as Democrats. And the thing is, most of the offices that many of these women are running for at times are nonpartisan positions. These yeah. city council um, opportunities or school board opportunities. And there's no way that we get to gender parity, uh, that 50%, that 51% of what we make up of the population as women. Um, there's no way we get there without more Democrats, more Republicans, more independents. It has to be, I think, on all sides of the aisle. And we've had some great Republican women come through our trainings at Vote Run Lead. I, I think anyone who comes to our training is, is coming to it from a place of, this is an organization that really believes in feminism, that really believes in equality. And there are many Republican women who that is a platform that they stand for. And so it's so important to have that nonpartisan effort out there for, for women to be able to tap into. Yes, absolutely. So um, we're always looking for advice for our listeners from women leaders. And are, are there some things just along the way, some core, you're always go-to pieces of advice or things that you've been told that have really kind of directed or led your trajectory? Certainly, it is absolutely important to be your most authentic self. I think as it relates to 
politics, you know, we've seen a rejection of, you know, a lack of authenticity. And a lot of people will say the attraction even for President Trump is, you know, how authentic he is. And I think for some time, politicians had forgotten how to be authentic. And it's not about fitting the mold that a team of consultants may want you to fit or advisors may may think you might need to change. Um, be your most authentic self. Tell your authentic story. And that is how you're going to be able to connect, whether it's voters or a, a community that you're um, building your political capital in, uh, within any sort of setting. The more you tell your authentic story and the more that you are able to bring that to the table from a leadership perspective, the more successful you will be. And do you have anything specifically, obviously, because you were um, so motivated so young, I guess, and I think that a lot of, you know, we've been, we've actually done a couple of um, some little studies on on millennial women, and, you know, it's really kind of taken me back a little bit about how just they feel like they're struggling and finding their way and finding that next leadership position, and, you know, um, a lot of them are, are feeling real unhappy in their careers. Is there any advice you can give specifically to young women that that maybe are struggling a little bit to find their way? Well, I I certainly think as it relates to the millennial generation not being a millennial, um, that the kids are going to save us all. I'm I'm very inspired by millennials and much younger generations and what is to come. And I really hope that young people can understand that diversity of their generation, the tolerance and kind of the approach to leadership, as I was talking about from a collaboration standpoint, that that's a game changer. Uh, you know, for the the women who have concerns about their careers, you know, in these times, I would really say, understand that it's is okay to reinvent yourself. It's uh, something that I think actually is really fitting with the millennial generation, but it's also something that I've done in many aspects of my career, you know, starting off as a grassroots organizer. And now I'm a, you know, Fox News political analyst. I didn't have a plan to be, you know, on TV to be in the media. I was really focused uh, from a grassroots organizing standpoint. I think if you look at the opportunity that you have to reinvent yourself to work in different fields and taking all of those skills to different fields, that that's a real powerful thing. And it should be something that people tap into more, I think, proactively um, than thinking that, you know, it's something that they have to fall into. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we talked a little bit earlier too, and this is just kind of to to wrap up because we're all about role models and it's just, you know, something that we're constantly trying to talk about, but also put women in front. Like we, you know, every day, here's a new role model every day, because we really believe if women get into the habit of seeing this abundance and seeing these role models, that it will really change that conversation from one of scarcity to one of abundance. And that's really what our focus is. And you talked a little bit about your role models along the way in, in the early years and how formative they were to you. So even as I know for me, I'm constantly finding and looking for role models, even at this point in my career. So where do you find your role models and your inspiration, you know, even at this stage in your career? Certainly for the past two years, the enthusiasm for all of the women who are wanting to run for office, to learn how to run for office, the work that I've been doing through Vote Run Lead to train women across the country, training 
in partnership with organizations like Delta Sigma Theta and our partnership, as I mentioned, with WeWork and the United State of Women's organization that Michelle Obama is involved in, we have met some of the most incredible women who are running for school board and running for city council. And they have become role models for me in this time, the challenge that they are taking on to really step up there and seek out elected position. Those are role models. Also, you know, I've decided to look for role models in the young women that I mentor because there's so much I learn from them. And not just from like a social media or, you know, type of online marketing standpoint, but, you know, just again, in in their approach to uh, addressing problems, to coming up with solutions, the the more collaborative leadership approach that I think younger people embrace more. So I'm looking for role models in different places than I think just traditional path of, okay, who has accomplished more and what can I learn from them? Because I, I think it's also really good to tap back into that youthful spirit, right? Right, that's right. <laughs> no no um, social change has ever happened uh, in the world that has not been led by young people. And, and so they, they're role models for me in many ways. And that's amazing. And I, I love that where, you know, I, I do try to talk about it, especially in a mentor-mentee relationship, that it, it really is a two-way street. It's yeah. reciprocal. It has to right. be reciprocal. Exactly. And there is so much to learn. Well, I just want to thank you so much for your time and all your amazing insight and certainly the great work you're doing with Vote Run Lead. And of course, we all love hearing your opinions and your analysis on Fox News. So just we appreciate you um, leading the charge for women. Just a, a really excited to, to watch you and see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for all the work you're doing to amplify the voices of women in the media. That is an important step to getting to a world we all want to be in. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you and appreciate you sharing today. Take care. Take care. Looking for more inspiration, advice, and direction? Subscribe to our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass boss babe you were meant to be. Tune in next Thursday, where we sit down with the co-founders of Misfit Communications, Pavi Diamani and Nami Sur. We're focused on your success, so let us know what you think by chatting with us at On The Dot Woman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear your voice.